you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 17. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual, so how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Hi, you guys. It's Randy, and I am sitting here with Amy on our very first Real Coaching with Randy session on the podcast. Yay. Um, And Amy actually was the one who inspired me to do this segment. And I've all of a sudden gotten so many applications from you guys. So we may even have to start doing this more than once a month. Um, So I have Amy here in the podcast studio and her son is six years old and she's got a couple of different scenarios and so I'm gonna hand the mic over to Amy and let her kind of run down on what it is that is driving her nuts currently as a mom I know you guys can all relate hi Randy so uh, my little guy is uh, never hungry he is a very very active uh, six-year-old and I would say that every meal is a bit of a struggle to get him to sit down and focus uh, even just for a short period of time um, just to have have a meal whether it's breakfast lunch or dinner I've tried all kinds of tactics, um, rewards and timers and whatnot, and uh, we can't quite get there. So this morning's scenario, uh, similar to every other scenario, is we came downstairs, he told me he was super hungry, and he started playing. So I started frying up the bacon, and uh, I was you know, right there in front of the skillet, and it's kind of an open space is our, our house, so I can see him playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started talking to him. I said, Eli, it's you know, almost time to, uh, to have breakfast, and I can tell he doesn't hear me. So I walk over to him, and I'm standing two inches away from him, and I'm talking to him saying, it's time to stop playing. It's time for breakfast. And he has literally just completely blocked me out. He's in his own world. And then so finally I reach over and I tap him and I say, can you hear me? Can you hear my voice? It's time to stop playing. You can play after we after we have breakfast. So it's time to stop. So he looks up at me and he's like, okay. And then the second I turn away to finish up the bacon, he starts playing again. So now I'm 
frustrated and annoyed as I've been trying to get him to sit down for at least a solid 10 minutes and I've got the bacon frying and I'm cutting up the fruit and everything. And so I walk over and I grab the toy that's going around and around on the track and I turn it off and he is just Mm. super upset at this point. And now he's trying to pull it out of my hands and it's a power struggle. Okay. A couple of things going on. First of all, kids live in the present moment. They are Zen masters. They are like literally, that's why they don't want to put their shoes on. That's why they don't want to eat breakfast. That's why they don't want to do anything. They're living in this present moment. He was playing with toys. He's enjoying himself. In his mind, there is absolutely no reason to stop. And the bacon's still frying. Like, what do you mean breakfast is right? No, it's not. It's not there. It's not like they are moment to moment. And they're super, super literal. And so... You know, so often we, it's a miscommunication, okay? I will say mealtime battles, it's a classic power struggle that sometimes um, represents something way bigger, right? So if there's a constant power struggle situation scenario going on where you're powering over and they're powering back and they're powering over, a lot of times kids will use mealtimes to really exert their power because it's a chance for them to get to do that at least three times a day. And, um, and they know they're in control. We can't open their mouth and shove the food down their throat, right? And so many moms, like as moms, it's kind of this primal thing where we're like, it's my job to feed and nourish my child. I cannot send them off to school with an empty stomach. How will they ever learn? How will they ever play? You know? And so, so, so often it's a lot of bang for the kid's buck to have a power struggle at mealtime because little kids don't really care if we're giving them positive or negative attention. All attention is attention from mom. Mm -hmm. And so if it's been a pattern that's been created where he gets to really get a lot of attention from you. And the truth of the matter is, since he is a Zen master living in the present moment and enjoying playing with whatever he's playing, it's real easy to tune you out. And he knows that when it starts to get, when you're like, he'll get your undivided attention. And so it's actually working for him. This pattern is working for him. He's, you've, you told me before we started recording that he's pretty slight, you know, he's not a big kid. And so he, you know, I say people fall into two categories. There's like live to eat and eat to live. And most of us moms are like, unfortunately live to eat and our kids are eat to live. And so, um, so he's an eat to live. He doesn't care about food. Um, he's living in the moment. He's playing with toys. He's feeding his brain. You know, they learn by playing. And, um, and when he ignores you and tunes you out for a decent amount of time, he will get your undivided attention and he'll be the star of, of the mom show. So there is no reason for him to change this pattern. So the pattern disruption that has to happen really is all about you. And, and this is what I would say. I get that whole thing. Like I could go down the sequence of questioning of, so what if he doesn't eat before school? Okay. So what if he's hungry? So what? And yes, it's true. He would, there would be a natural consequence. You would send him off to camp or school. He would be hungry. He would have to wait till snack. Maybe he would connect the dots that, oh, I better eat breakfast. Maybe, maybe not. It might take years. Um, I personally am a Jewish mother and like 
it, that sounds great in theory. There's no freaking way I could ever do that. I've tried it and I, I can't, the guilt, like I feel so guilty having sent him to school without eating. And oftentimes like during the actual school year, he doesn't uh, eat lunch. And so that would be like two meals that he skipped. And I just, I can't do it. Like I can't, I, can't, I mean, like our whole, my whole family is all about eating. And so I have a child that doesn't eat. <laughs> right. Like I like, like I meet myself where I am in that regard, which is um, no, like I, I, it would be literally more than I could handle to wait two years for the natural consequence for my kid to all of a sudden connect the dots and be like, huh, I better start eating breakfast. Cause I sure am hungry at school in the morning. Okay. I'll eat the breakfast. Like that's just unrealistic for me. Um, in the big scheme of things, it's probably the right way to go, but I'm just meeting myself and you're probably meeting yourself yeah. where you are. Let's just be real here. Okay. So that wouldn't be an option. So Pattern disruption here, it's all what this podcast is about, which is changing the conversations in our home, okay? And so the new conversation is, I'm going to teach you about, you're going to, you know, parenting is establishing a set of rules, repeating them often, and following through consistently. That's it. So when you're establishing a new set of rules, you have to do it in a non-relevant moment. You cannot ever employ something new in the heat of the moment because all it does is result in a power struggle. So in a non-relevant moment, you're going to have the conversation, hey, buddy, we're going to have a new morning routine, and this is the way it's going to go down. We are going to wake up at, we're, we're getting out of bed at blah, blah, blah time. And I would say, since your mornings are, like there's a lot of this lollygagging and playing going on, um, let's tighten it up and give him maybe less time. Now, if he's an early riser and y'all just have a lot of time before mm -hmm. you leave, do you have that situation or? I mean, we do have a decent amount of time. He's a decently early riser. He's, um, you know, this morning he got up, he went to the bathroom, he wanted to get back in bed. He read some books to his lovies and then he came into my room by like 6.45. So he's I mean, a decent amount. Of, he probably probably woke up about 15 minutes before that. So a decent early 630. Like I would say, and so you leave the house at what time? Um, we go downstairs around seven, seven fifteen. He takes a full 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. To that's, eat that's the issue. So and what time do you think and leave? So eight fifteen. Eight fifteen is when you leave. I would say you're not actually having him sit down to eat breakfast until seven fifty. So 10 minutes. Like if you don't leave till 8.15 from 7, that's why I mean by tighten it up. Okay. Okay. And if he's, you know, he's still little. So it's not like you have like, like next year, elementary school craziness, it'll be a much tighter. So it is tighter during the school year. We can, yeah. We are literally like, we have to be out the door at 7.15. So we sit down to eat. He has only about 15, 20 minutes. That's perfect. You it's, only want. It's hectic. It's you, a nightmare. It's you a only nightmare. want 15 minutes when you tighten it up this is the way it's going to go down. Okay. And the first 30 days, whenever you're disrupting a pattern and creating a new pattern, you got to be stricter the first 30 days or so. So it becomes habitual. I would say this, I would say 
we're going to change the morning because it's so important for us to have like really peaceful, awesome mornings because then we separate for the whole day and I don't get to see your cute face and I want to send you off with hugs and love. Plus the fact that when we have peaceful mornings, it sends you off to school and you're able to learn so much more versus when we like argue or I'm constantly saying, please eat, please eat. And it's this whole nagging situation. It's not healthy and good for any of us. So what we're going to do is from until blah, blah, blah time, you're going to get, as long as you are dressed and, and good to go, except for breakfast and teeth brushing, you get to go and you get to play. When you go get to play, and he's old enough now that you could even have him set the kitchen timer or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and say, you get to play until 7.45. At 7.45, that's when the timer's going to go off and that's five minute cleanup where you get to put all your toys away and finish it up. And then you come to the table. Toy time is over, which you've already told me that you've right. been trying to institute this no toys at the table. Toy time is over. Let's talk about what toys are. Toys are toys, books, anything that distracts you from the eating. Cause when it's time to come to the table, it's time to come to the table. There are you know, we sit, we have conversation, we eat, we talk about it, the things we're excited about our day. And, um, and, and that's what we do, but there are no toys or anything else at the table. Cause what's important at the table is for us to get to talk and connect before we separate for the day. And so really connecting the reason for why he can't have toys at the table. Because remember, little kids, they learn by playing. They're curious. They live in the present moment. So him wanting to bring toys to the table is really that, like, that's fun for him and it makes it more enjoyable and exciting. But if you're sitting there with him and you're talking to him and whatever, then that becomes the enjoyable part. So you're going to establish a new routine. And I know it might, and it might sound kind of rigid, like where I'm going to set the timer and Little kids have no concept of time. So when we start, and I always have used my kitchen timer, like you can even say to him, okay, it's 745. Now set the timer for five minutes of cleanup. And when the timer goes off, then what's the time? It's time to come to the table. That's right. Exactly. You are good at this. You've been doing this your whole life. As I tell my sister-in-law all the time, who has an almost three-year-old, I say, there's some sales involved in this <laughs> yeah, momhood thing. Obviously. Like sell it. Like, you know, like, okay, do you, and you know, the two positive choices work with kids all the way up. Do you want to set the timer for the five minute cleanup or do you want me to, you know, for right. whatever reason, they love pushing those buttons. So you empower, every time you give him one of those positive choices, you're going to empower him mm-hmm. and you're going to establish this routine ahead of time. You're going to talk about it. You're going to sell it. You're going to be excited about it. You're going to be, and it's not going to be like, you know, you haven't been, you, you don't know when to stop playing. And so every morning you're not wanting to eat your breakfast. And, but we're not going into that story. We're just talking about the new way it's going to be. And the reason why is because we love each other too much, not to separate for the day from this like right. awesome, loving place. Cause that's who we are. We miss each other all the, all day. I want to get every last second with you. And I want to have fun with you in the morning. And I want to get to sit and have breakfast with you. So establish that routine. When you're actually sitting and having breakfast with him, don't focus on what he's eating. So just give him like 15, 20 minutes to eat and then just And eat. eat with him. I do eat with him. Yeah. Yeah. So sit but with he, him. I mean, he I'm eating. talking 15 minutes 
and say, all right, buddy, you know, when it's, all right, we're going to be walking out, we're brushing teeth and walking out the door in like three minutes. So wrap it up, you know, take your last bites because we got to clean it up. So don't talk about how much he's eating. Okay. Just be with him. But he will sometimes, I mean, there is, a, there is a chance that he will not eat anything. There is a good chance. Okay. Okay. Because he's a, he's a lollygagger. There's a good chance he will eat nothing. However, we're just disrupting the pattern right now. Mm -hmm. And the food will come because we're creating a new enjoyable uh, morning routine, morning breakfast routine. He's playing. He's having time with mommy. There's no more nagging. There's no more attention over if he's going to eat, if he's not going to eat, bringing toys to the table, not bringing toys. We're establishing it ahead of time. We're making it about mm -hmm. the timer. We're talking about what an awesome team we are. We're talking about the things we're excited about our day. We're disrupting the pattern with a new, better pattern and a new, better conversation. If he doesn't eat because he's used to the old pattern of he gets your undivided attention when you're trying to, mm -hmm. you know, coerce him into eating, he probably will. He's used to that. That's what is, that's what's familiar mm -hmm. to his brain. So we're not going to harp on it. You know, you're just going to say something like, hey, you know, so this is so much better. Oh, my God, this more. I feel like I am ready to have the most amazing day of my life because of how much fun we just had sitting here together. Have your last bites because we got to go. You know, I don't want you to be too hungry today. Have your last bites like at the last minute. And at that last minute, that's probably when he'll eat 70% of the meal. <laughs> He'll take like the bites of bacon, he'll right. drink real quick and he's good to go. Cause remember he's also eat to live. Right. So well, and then what about dinner? Do you do the same thing? Like you just, cause we have the same, we got the struggle at every Yes. Night. I would say, you know, at dinner, um, what I tell a lot of my moms at dinner, my kids is for like, they are eat to live until they're like 10. And so, especially like with my daughter by dinner time, like she was just done eating for the day. No matter what we were going to do, she was not going to consume much food. So I kind of established rules where it was after dinner was over, like if you were hungry the rest of the night, you could have, you know, an apple or a banana. Like that was just kind of our rule mm -hmm. of if they said they were hungry, I'd be like, you want an apple or a banana? There was nothing else going to be. So they couldn't like not right. eat dinner and then all of a sudden be hungry at eight o'clock when it's time to go to bed. Right. Um, the other thing that I tell a lot of my moms to do is if you're sitting down as a family, yeah. let's say yeah. at like 630 or whatever it is, um, a lot of times little kids will get hungry at that 430 or five o'clock. Put out like a snack, especially, you know, if you or right when you start to make dinner, put out a snack of like, if they only consume the snack and never ate a bite of their dinner, you'd be okay because it was like healthy enough. Like carrots and ranch and some hummus and right, right. some nuts or whatever it is, like stuff that it's like, you know, he's not eating a bite of dinner, but he had this whole like healthy snack that he's doing fine. Um, catch him when he's hungry, put out the stuff and say to him something like, you know, we're going to have dinner in a little bit, but there's a plate on the table to hold you over. If you get hungry, you can go have a little snack and let him kind of nosh on that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a way to kind of also disrupt this evening power struggle of being so aware of every calorie they consume and making it more about breaking bread together and enjoying some family connecting mm -hmm time together at the meal. Right. Right. And because, because chances are, he's not going to be that hungry anyway at that time. So it just becomes this like nice night ritual with mom 
and sun and and we get to talk about our day and we rose and thorn about the day what was the highlight what was the low point and we have a good time together and I know he already had this snack before and I'm not going to hawk him on everything that he's eating. And we just kind of disrupt the pattern in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. I mean, we, we eat pretty early, so we're kind of, um, he was hungry yesterday and he ended up, went to Whole Foods. He ended up having an apple and then we came home and I was like, do you want to take a shower or do you want to have dinner? And, he, and I'd already, I've already got the meal usually ready. Uh-huh. So he's like, I want dinner. So I was like, we were eating at like 5.15. But it does, it takes us. When, when you reframe it that way, it's mm-hmm. also like, okay, I'm just disrupting this pattern and I'm going to turn it into something that feels better for me. Because right now I feel like I'm being held captive. At, tell me if I'm wrong on no, this. I mean, it's, it's just exhausting. It feels very draining. And sometimes some mornings are better or worse than others. And today was good. Yesterday was not so good. It's just, it's hard to get him out the door. And I think you're absolutely right. I think that also kind of reminding him that, that I'm aware of the fact that we're separating for the day, you know, and I think he's probably got some anxiety around that, even though he's really happy about where he's going. They don't, they're not ready to separate. They're never ready to separate. Like that, like you go to a park and what is every kid yelling, mommy, look at me, look Mm -hmm. at me, look at me. We are the stars of the show. They want our attention. That's why they'll take whatever they can get positive, negative. And when you get, when they've had a way that's mm-hmm. been effective to get attention, negative attention. They're going to keep doing that until we disrupt the pattern and, and replace it with something better. Mm-hmm. And so when you replace it with something better, which is we've now got constrained time, I'm going to give you little warnings. I'm not going to make a big issue. I'm going to take all your behavior impersonally because the power struggles it takes two to tango and I've been a part of this too. And you're just a little kid enjoying your present moment, trying to get my attention as much as possible. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do as a little kid. I don't need to make you wrong for it, but as the adult with the fully developed brain, I'm going to disrupt this pattern and replace it with something way better. And you're not even going to know it happened. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to plan the, the next scenario. Um, so I think the next scenario is one that's interesting. So the other, uh, the other day, my, this has been going on actually for a while now where my son is obsessed with gifts stuff. We went on vacation. We went to uh, a couple of different places while we were on vacation. It was all about what are you going to get me? What can I get? What can I get when we go to the zoo? What can I get when we go here? What can we get when we go to the amusement park? And it wasn't about enjoying the amusement park. It wasn't about we're here to experience this together. We're doing the rides together. This is a good the, the trip in and of itself is a gift. Does he get, when he asks and asks and asks for the stuff, does he eventually get stuff or sometimes says he gets stuff? Um, I would say sometimes. I don't often give in because I, you know, there was there was a bit of a negotiation on the trip and I actually set it up before we left. I said that the trip is a gift. We're doing these two super special things and that he's very focused on like, what he's getting. His birthday's coming up. So it's like, what is he going to get for his birthday? And he's already ready to write his Christmas list when it's June. So it's like, there's a lot of, um, I just went away for work and on the phone, I called, to, you know, I miss you. And I, and I said, he, before I left, he said, are you going to get me anything? And I said, I will try. I'm going to be working the whole time. So I did get him a couple of little things, but they weren't toys. So I told him when I got him, he said, you didn't get me a toy on the phone. And I was really, I was, frustrated by the whole thing. And I said, you know, I, I didn't have very much time. And, um, I think, you know, just be thankful for, for what I did bring home. And then 
later on when I did give him the gifts, he did like them and he thanked me. He said, I thank you for getting me stuff, mom, you know, whatever it was that I got him. Um, but it's just this constant, you go to Target and they constantly want stuff. And I, before we walk in, I'm always like, we're not getting anything today. Um, I mean, I try all these different things. We can put it on your birthday list. We can put it on your Christmas list. And that has worked up until now for some reason, the last couple of months, it's been a very, I want, I want, I want, mm -hmm. and it's feeling very, um, unappreciative and feeling, it's been very frustrating. I'm not ready to write Christmas lists in June. Right. Well, the interesting thing is, is, um, quite often, like kids are so literal and quite often we make their behavior mean something way more involved than it does. So it's normal to want stuff. Like they watch TV, they see commercials, they right. go, to, you know, look, toys are, I mean, don't, I remember as a little kid, it was like, oh my gosh, there's nothing more amazing than if I like had to get, I remember one time I got, had to get stitches. And the best part was that I got to go to the toy store afterwards and like pick out anything I wanted. Little kids love toys because toys represent play and play is how they learn. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's normal for them to want. We make it mean that they're unappreciative and they're entitled and we're raising them to be these entitled gimme, 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 you know, we, and we worry because at the end of the day, nobody wants to have a jerky superficial kid that just has their hand out and thinks the world owes them something. We want to raise these self-motivated, kind, confident, hardworking, amazing children. And so every time they show up with their hand out, what we perceive to be their handout, we get all super triggered. And then we start going into dissertations about values and and how lucky and fortunate they are that we get to take them to to Legoland and 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 they're like I'm five like I've no like what they don't eat. all I know is that I've seen some really cool commercials and it would be awesome to play with that thing mm -hmm. okay and we create a whole thing so my favorite way to handle this is again it's taking it impersonally and to realize just because you got a five-year-old or seven-year-old or a nine-year-old or a two-year-old that wants something, it doesn't mean that they think they're entitled or that they're, they think the world owes them anything or that they're all about the stuff. Mm -hmm. It just means they're a kid that wants to play. And sometimes when they've asked for stuff, it's worked and they've gotten it. Right, right. And so they're and like- we, we spend time with grandma, we go to Target. Yes. We get anything we want. Right. Time. And I'm a kid and I love right. toys and, and I'm a, uh, I live in like, a you know, magical thinking world and I get lost when I'm playing with those toys and especially an only child, you know, like he's, he's in there, he's playing with his toys and he doesn't want to stop playing with his toys. Like what's going on in his brain. He's creating a whole scenario. Right. right? And these toys are in a lot of ways, they're his siblings, they're his playmates, they're his friends. And, um, and even my daughter, she's not an only child, but she, I mean, that those stuffed animals, Oh yeah, that was me. I mean, they were her life, you know, they, there was, there were hours of, mm -hmm. of just adventures that happened and I had no idea what they were. They were in her brain. So what I say to do is we need to stop making it mean anything more than that. And we show up with empathy and we do the active listening piece. So 
it's going to feel super counterintuitive because we think our mom, our job as mom is to teach them all of these amazing values. But when he says, I wanted such and such, you didn't even get me a toy on your trip. And you're like, you love when I bring you toys, like toys are your favorite thing ever. Okay. That is empathy. All you do is put words to whatever it is they're saying or trying to express and you don't make them wrong for it. And what happens when we show up empathetically like that without going into the whole dissertation, a lot of times they just say, yeah, I do love toys. You're like, I get that. And I didn't, yeah, this wasn't a, a toy buying trip, but I know you love toys. They're awesome. You play with them all the time, right? <laughs> we're yeah. not offering any new information. All we're doing is validating. And then he may say, when will you get me that toy? Mm-hmm. And you'll say, I don't know. You really want it, huh? And he'll say, probably, I mean, this is really just my productive conversation process. Sounds like he even did that where he's like, yeah, can I put it on my Christmas list? Right? Mm-hmm. So he even went to the problem solving. Like, I get that you're not going to buy it for me now. But he was already problem solving and he was like, and I'm a little kid and I just want that toy. Do you think you could put it on the Christmas list? Like, I'm okay if you don't get it now, but let's just think of a time, which I think is actually amazing (laughs) that he did that. And I say it's never too early to start the birthday or the Christmas or Hanukkah list because that little kid who's living in the present moment, all they want to know is that there's just a chance at some point I'm going to get to play with that thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe by the time Christmas comes and you're going to go over like a a month before Christmas, you're like, I have this long Christmas list that's been building up all year. Can I go through and just ask you, or is this stuff that you're even still interested in? And he'll be like, nah, nah, I, you know, lost interest, lost interest. It also teaches them like that, like they have to wait for stuff and it's okay to want for stuff. And, um, and it's not all, always about like instant gratification. So I think the like long-term Christmas and birthday list is a great idea. His birthday's coming up and he's very, and he's very focused. We're having a big party and he said, is everyone bringing gifts? And I said, you know what we're going to do this year? I was like, we're going to say no gifts. Cause a lot of your friends say no gifts. And he's like, but some people will still bring some. I said, some people will still bring some. And I was like, yeah, let's not make him wrong for wanting gifts. I mean, we're just, let's not make him wrong. He's, he's an only child. Those toys are his friends. He plays with them. He enjoys them. He's a magical thinker. He's very bright. Like, okay, like, let, let's just let him be a kid. And you can also be like, oh, you really wanted that toy. And it's not a toy buying day. You're super frustrated and disappointed. You're a little angry. You're upset. I get it. Sometimes there's things that I want and I can't, I can't buy them either. And I have to wait and want, and I get frustrated too. I totally get that. And then you duct tape your mouth and you don't offer solutions and you don't say, oh, but well, maybe nothing. You just wanted it. And that is, I'm just going to listen. I'm going to be here with you and I'm not going to happy you up and I'm not going to fix it. I'm just going to allow you to have that wanting and that feeling, and I'm not going to make you wrong for it. And I'm also not going to solve this, right? It's a very, this is like the hardest part because it, we don't, we hate it when our kids are unhappy or upset. And so when they express that that disappointment or frustration, like we instantly want to tell them when they're going to get to stop being disappointed. Right. 
But what happens is, is when we learn how to just allow the, the disappointment, it washes through them mm-hmm. and they move on. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. This has been so fun. I hope it's been helpful for you, Amy. Been. Thank you. Okay. I hope this was helpful for you guys too. If you want to apply to be coached on the podcast, there is an application on the show notes. And so you can apply and we will let you know if you get chosen for a future episode until next week. Bye. Hey you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Mastermind Parenting Podcast is supported by my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. Usually getting a copy of the book and the audio version for you to listen to on the go would set you back around 20 bucks, but you can get both a digital copy and the audio book for just $5.60. It's my gift to you for being one of my podcast listeners. So head over to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to grab your copy now.